now available as part of PlayStation Plus. It's this game where with me, Chris, and me, Ashley. You're right. No. No. What's up? I mean, I th- I don't know if that's copyright infringement or something. I don't know. What's the same with part it's of PlayStation the we- Plus? The weakest opening that you've done so far. Really. The worst. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. Apology, maybe. It's it's important because we're going to circle back round to it right at the very end of the episode. Are we playing How about the game that? on PlayStation Plus? Is that what we're doing? What's the game on is PlayStation Plus? Is the game on PlayStation Plus, is it? Yeah, but you've knocked the wind out my sails now. Well, you've just, you've just given it away. You've knocked your own oh. wind out, your own sails. All right, fair. Okay. Well, Do you want me to guess what it is? I'll, just, I'll, I'll load the catalogue up now. No, 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 no. That's not I'll how it works. I'll see if I can get it ahead of time. It can you work got, like that today. All right, then. You've got three goes. Oh, oh, oh I feel pressure now. I don't know, but I imagine the PlayStation Plus catalog's pretty big. Well, it's going to be a PlayStation 1 game. So all right, okay. There, there's a shitload knocked out already. Um, And you've played it. Yep. That's the format. So... I'm going to... Mm, yeah, I can't. Mm, apparently, I can't. S- what? I can't sort by PlayStation One games, so that's that's my thing broken. And you're gonna have to do the the spiel. I'll do the thing. Okay. Well, Rubbish. the thing is that this Sorry. week we're playing this game where you do a stealth to stop some terrorists. It's the first. <laughs> you look so confused. It's the first in the series. I look sad. And, it, and it's on PlayStation One only. Okay, so I was concerned that there was going to be a that there was going to be a, a repeat of Metal Gear Solid. Yep, that's what I wanted. But to actually, think. it's not that. It's not that. No, why would we repeat? We've done so Metal the, Gear Solid, huh? Well, I, I don't know. We've done it twice in consecutive weeks for your games. So you tell yeah, me right. why I might be confused or worry that you'll do it a third time in a zany, weird way. Hmm? <laughs> you tell me. You tell me why I might be worried about that. Um, I, I'd say it's Splinter Cell or Siphon Filter. <gasps> Got it. Siphon Filter. Is it Siphon Filter? Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to go Siphon Filter. I don't even know if Splinter Cell was on the first PlayStation. I think it might have been a PlayStation 2, like, start starting thing possibly i think the franchise might have started on the playstation 2 that's what i was trying to say in a normal way um <laughs> as opposed to the way that i said it which was not a normal way but yeah siphon filter um yeah. great have you played it yeah okay and I but i don't it. remember very much about it is the truth right. it was okay. my friends it was a favorite of my friends okay the friend that had all of the playstation games that were available that friend um yeah siphon filter definitely got played uh, a fair amount so 
So Cypher Filter, for anyone that's not aware, is a 3D third-person shooter slash stealth game, single player only, that released in February 1999 in North America and July 1999 in the EU. So only in those two territories, which I thought was uh, quite interesting. Um, it is developed by a company called Eidetic, E-I-D-E-T-I-C, who are now called Bend Studios, which was founded in 1992 in Oregon by two ex-Infocom employees and I thought mm, Infocom, I recognise that name, and it's because it was the company that was set up by the people that made Zork, which we talked about a couple of months or so ago. So that's a little mm. tidbit there. Um, now, Idetic, uh made also made Bubsy 3D, which is a famous yeah. flop, and Idetic then created this um, alternative narrative, uh, perhaps one could say, where they attributed it being a massive flop to the fact that it released alongside the first Crash Bandicoot game. Mm. Yeah. I don't know about that. No, so I, I they d- created a narrative. What well, did they do with that narrative? They they attributed it uh, that the fact that it flopped okay. was because oh yeah, at least alongside Crash Bandicoot. Have you played I've it? Never, I've never played it, so I can't say. But I know it's supposed to be pretty terrible. Yeah, I, I am a from you know I'm not familiar with the game, but I'm familiar with the thoughts around the game. Yeah, I mean it might be one. It might it might be real. It might be genuine. Maybe it was actually okay and got maligned unnecessarily. Maybe. Crash Bandicoot's not good. No, that's, so, that's the thing. Is yeah, I it is. Maybe the- it's a flip of a dice whether it was going to be Bubsy 3D that took off or or Crash Bandicoot. Or maybe there's an alternative universe where Bubsy 3D was the the thing and everyone yeah. remembers Bubsy and something. Yeah, possibly. I'd say that Bubsy 3D had against it the fact that it wasn't a new IP. People like new, people like novelty, so... Well, I had the first Bubsy game on the Mega Drive and never really cared for it that much. Okay. So that's something to look forward to what, in future What episode. was wrong with the... I mean, this is not the game that we're supposed to be talking about, so maybe we should move on. Exactly. Um, interestingly there, though... The company, Idetic, then eventually went on to work alongside Naughty Dog for uh, they developed some Uncharted games on the Vita. So that's a interesting unravelling of history, I suppose, there. A glimpse at uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future. The history of Siphon Filter itself, then, is that Idetic were essentially given just the title by Sony. and They were given a one-page synopsis saying, we want a game called Siphon Filter. Um, and it didn't have any plot, it didn't have any characters, it didn't have any gameplay. So there you go, make a game, which is that, unusual. It's just the le- the worst way to do anything. Yeah. Uh, so the company, Idetic, were then sort of thinking, hmm, what do we do with this game called Siphon Filter? And they were sort of imagining sort of time 96, 97 or so. They were particularly inspired by Goldeneye. So they decided they oh. wanted to not rip off Goldeneye. That's that's not fair. They wanted to do... It might uh, might be. No, because that's, that's, that's not what the game, from my recollection, that's not what the game is. It, they wanted no. to be inspired by Goldeneye. So the internally, they created this game that the genre they dubbed it was either stealth action, as I said at the start, or super spy, which I think is quite cool as a, a title personally. They 
therefore struggled for any further influence because there was nothing else really like it on the market. So GoldenEye became their primary kind of go-to for, for what they wanted the game to look like. And as development carried on, then in September 1998, Metal Gear Solid released. Now, you talked about Metal Gear Solid at the start. As I was looking into Siphon Filter, I kept thinking, hmm, sounds like Metal Gear, sounds like Metal Gear. When Metal Gear Solid came out, the game was really quite far in development. So any similarities are are a coincidence from what I understand. When did it come out? Uh, Metal Gear Solid was September 98. This came out February 1999 in North America, then July mm. 99 in e- in the EU. Mm, yeah, okay. That's and too short a time to do a rework. E- e- exa- exactly, yeah. And the stories I read about this online were they just paint a picture of a studio really struggling because there were several months of development where it was came very close to being cancelled because Idetic kept missing deadlines, they kept changing the story, they kept altering the mechanics. At one point, it was a sci-fi game that involved time travel, and there was an interview with John Garvin, who was the art director and then became uh, credited as rescuing the whole project, and he said that, essentially, and this is his quote, he said, we made up as we went along. At one point, there were 13 people writing for the game and kind of having their own uh, um, input into where they wanted the game to go. So you can uh, you can draw your own conclusions from that as to how successful that was. Conclusions drawn. Conclusions drawn. It ends up being a team of 25 in total or thereabouts. So More than the, half of the team was writing the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. from, from what I understand, it's not that they were just writers. They were like, it was an artist who kind of yeah. put, put their, their two penneth into the hat and... Uh, Yippee. Yippee. Sounds great. Well, the game itself ended up getting, has currently got a score of 90 on Metacritic, with the gameplay being praised in particular. It sold over 1 million copies, so um, they didn't do too badly, from what I understand. No. From what I remember, it's actually a good game. So whatever weird concoction of 13 people uh, that was, they they did something right. (laughs) Concoction. The uh, Well, it's probably, that seems like a a good point to kind of... um, so I've only ever played this game for about 15 minutes. Oh, okay. So, so I've played it more than you. I think so, yeah, from the sounds wow. of it. Wow, right, okay. So the my, my story with this game is um, I've been fiddling about in the roof today because I dug out a, a magazine that I kept from a computer and video games magazine. This is from November 2000. And I kept this magazine because there was this, I'm just going to show you now, there was this competition called catch the drift and is it is it interesting is this another competition that you won did you Um, win in another competition okay so i'll get to the 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 spoiler at the end yes i won this competition right and um was this what the 97th or 98th competition that you'd won at this point I don't know why I entered this competition, to be fair, because it, it's... Because you entered all the competitions and then won did, all the competitions, I, I that's why. I didn't. I went through a phase of entering, like, a few competitions, just seemed, just seemed to have the gift of the... You whatever. won a, a trip to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. competition to yeah. this. Right, yeah. What did you win in this one? So this one is... Um, I'm going to read it because it's quite... It's quite uh, interestingly written you're gonna be g-o-n-n-a you're gonna be the very best mate anyone could ever have if you enter and win our exclusive prize draw we've teamed up with our favorite chucky bar buddies drifter to give you and a friend a day of pure games playing pleasure the two of you will spend a day out at cvg offices playing more games than you've ever seen in your lives in a specially designed heaven of haven sorry a video game joy the cvg bachelor pad so presumably you're not allowed to go if you're a, a lady 
uh, just as an aside, this isn't in the competition blurb. When I was flicking through this magazine, there was some content. This is from November 2000. Uh, there was some content that um, was questionable at best. Right. Unsurprising. Yeah. yeah, it made me a bit sad. Fancy playing the best games months before they hit the shelves. And how about being there firsthand as the gaming news breaks? No problem. You'll even get to meet the editor and pick his brains over your fave games, as well as getting the inside skinny on how to get the dream job in the industry. Ah! The CVG staff so that's how you did it. The I've CVG staff will show you how the Mac is put together, from writing reviews to designing the pages, and offer tips to budding games journos and designers alike. You and your mates will even get your ugly mugs in the Mac. And after you've played all the newest games and heard hot tips on how to make it as a pro, we'll throw in dinner for the two of you and our staff at the world-famous Planet Hollywood restaurant in Piccadilly, London. And then there's another wow. paragraph where it talks about how you're going to also get a big box of drifters. And then the competition was, you had to answer a question, how many sticks of yummy chocolate caramel and wafer in a... The question didn't make sense. How many sticks of yummy chocolate caramel and wafer in a drifter bar? It should, it should say are in a drifter bar. One, two, or three. I don't know. Why are you asking me like I'm going to answer? Well, I, I didn't even like Drifters. I don't think I'd even tried Drifters at this point. So I I, I, really, I think I just entered because it sounded the whole computer video game yeah. hanging out there thing. So anyway, what what happened? What was the day like? So, what well, did, what well, games did you play? So I won the competition, which was cool. And I got the opportunity to go to computer and video games. And the problem was it was going to be in... Gunner, G-O-N-N-A. It was going to be in January 2001, and um, it was on like a Tuesday or something, so during school time. So what my dad negotiated with the comp- the publishing company was that we were going to go in February, uh, half term, instead, me and my friend. And they said, okay. But Your dad. I know. Your dad. Education, education, education. But they said that okay, fine, they can do that, but they won't get in the magazine. So, But I remember in about like the March or April issue of that year, 1001, there was this story of the, the two people that won the competition. They didn't win the competition. These two people that won the competition. Here they are, playing games, hanging out at CVG Towers. Woo, woo, woo. And uh, yeah, they, cause they, not were you. Able, cause they were able to go on that Tuesday. So there you go. Not, not on bitter or anything. So I went... Actually, that's fault. Well, yeah. So I went during February half term, 2001, um, and me and my friend, we went and basically we were shown to a room where there was a big telly. It probably wasn't actually that big uh, nowadays. It was, uh, you know, anyway, um, there was a sofa. I remember it smelled a bit damp. And we sat on the sofa and we just played games. And there was, there wasn't really any, from what, well, I don't think I ever spoke to the editor. We were given a cursory tour of the offices, which was just some, you know, computers and posters stuck on pillars. And yeah. Men. And we we just sat in this room and played games for about probably four or five hours. And what games? Well, I remember playing Buster Move um, or Puzzle Bobble, one of those games. Uh, We played. Well, that was out by uh, then, surely. We played Driver Two because they had a copy of that knocking about. Basically, we were playing just playing review copies. And I think I was I would have been fourteen. I would have been I would have been fourteen at this point. So there would obviously been some games that i wouldn't have been able to play because of age ratings etc i don't really i I remember playing a a light gun game because i'd never played one of those before that was quite fun i don't remember what else we played um and then we went out yeah bit disappointing and then we went out to planet hollywood there was a guy called lee who worked there he was really really nice he still works in the industry 
and he works for a games company now, which one. And then there was a, a woman called Rachel, who was a representative of the publishing company. And uh, my dad, my mum, my brother, and my friend all went out for a not at all awkward dinner at Planet Hollywood. Very nice. And as part of this competition, as I said, I, I won the big box of Drifter, and um, we were given a, a a swag bag. It was it was a Driver Two branded one of those PE bags, you know, the drawstrings. And they said, "Here, here you go, boys. Have one of these each." So I, I opened it up, and it was it was full of like gaming stuff, like posters, and there was there was a um, a third party PlayStation pad. I remember that as well. Uh, and then there were some review copies of games. That was Dino Crisis Two. Ooh, are you you giving me you giving me like little moments to cool and... to, to to digest? Have you played Dino Crisis Two? No, I think I've I've seen it, but I well, not played it. It's very good. There were some other games, and one of them was uh, Driver 2. And what I did with this present I've been given for free was I said, oh, I've already got this game. Mm-hmm. Like a spoiled little king. Like, yeah. the, like the Nicholas Holt character in, in The Great. I don't want yep. this. I've already got this. Yes. Yeah. So what, so, oh, what happened? I'm just cringing thinking about it. So what they then did was the guy, Lee, said, oh, okay, uh, I'll get something else for you instead, which is very kind of him because, um, yeah. And Unbelievable. He went, and he went and gave me a copy of Siphon Filter. And I remember uh, uh-huh. it was... That you then went on to play for 15 minutes. You had a man. Was, you had a man prostrate himself in front of you, crawl back to the store, uh, store cupboard, where they keep all of the games, grab you a new copy of Siphon Filter because you didn't want Driver 2, bring it back to you, take it all the way home, play it for 15 minutes, and then discard it like... Fluff out of your belly button. Ephemera. Mm. Mm. Yeah, essentially. Um, yeah, Pretty so awful. That, so that was how I got a siphon filter. Was and, well, No, because I, this was January, yeah. February, no, it was February 2001. The review copy they gave me would have been sat around gathering dust for sort of 14 months or so at that point. So if anything, I did them a favour by getting rid of it. Mm, no, I don't think so. I think... And, the Tuesday, that was on the Monday, the first Monday of the holidays, and the Tuesday, I remember sitting on the end of my bed with my little legs dangling, kicking away weekly, um, chomping drifters, just mainlining them because I had a big box that they had to be eaten. And um, I played Siphon Filter for about 50 minutes and then um, went around to a friend's house and took around this big box of drifters and was uh, being like Willy Wonka. There you go, everyone, have some drifters. <sighs> nice. How did that work out for you? Are you still friends? With those people, no, no, not no. At all. They took your no. drifters and moved on. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I even kept a couple of drifters just as like a, a proof of this thing. That mementos. Happened. Yeah, mementos. How's um, that proof that it happened? You could have just bought some in the shop. Well, that little proof in in my memory, and right. I opened one of them several years later, and the chocolate got those weird white blooming bits on. Yeah. I, th- I Great. don't think I've got any more of them anyway. Um, yeah. So there you go. That, that's my Siphonfield story. Brilliant. So um yeah. Is that is that are we are we playing it now? Well, I think I need to play it. I haven't got a drifter to hand unfortunately, but I think I, I need to to play it to sort of see if um if it gets good after 15 minutes. Well, it was it was okay from what I remember, but uh yeah, let, let's see if I can go further than 15 minutes. Yeah, all right then.
I forgot to explain in the first half what a siphon filter is. Do yeah. you know what a siphon filter is, having played the game? For an hour? No. No, a siphon filter is a bioweapon that can be programmed to target specific groups of people via their genes. Oh, wow. That's really kind of interesting. I mean, I started yawning when you said it. You did. But that was just because I'm a bit tired, not because that's a rubbish fact. Because it's the best fact that I've heard ever. It's not. Now I'm trying to make up for it by being hyperbolic. I'm really messing this up, aren't I? Yeah. It's fine. Um, Yeah, it doesn't explain that. There's So it's a funny one for me, this. I think I don't really care for it. But I also think it's uh, quite good. Yeah. Um, I the thing I think it's quite good, and I I do care for it. I'm I'm a little bit oh. uh, shocked that I didn't play. Well, not a shock for reasons will become apparent. Um, I feel that my 14 year old self was a bit remiss to have not given it its due, especially after you made somebody crawl to the store cupboard for it. Well, potentially yes. Um, I think to to go back a little bit, they they game opened up with a series of. Uh, cutscenes, or yeah, a cutscene with a series of scenes. Maybe that's a more appropriate way to say it. The the they kind of sum up, I think, where the game sits because there's some quality to those scenes, mm-hmm. but they're also very clunkily edited together to the point where they're not actually edited together. They're just they're just sequential, mm-hmm. um, and they don't they don't really tie very well into one another nor do they really do very much to set the story up well to me. Like they, they feel a bit lacking in drive and lacking in clarity. Yeah. Having watched them, I was, I was quite enjoying the animation of them. There was some nice facial Absolutely, expressions yeah. and things like that, but thinking about it or thinking back to it, I don't really remember what they said or the impetus no. that was in those for what I was doing in the game. I was just watching some cutscenes and then, okay, now I'm in a, in a city and I can't, I'm sure it yeah. was explained as to why it was there, but I don't really remember what the reason was. No, not at all. There was nice pieces of music playing over the cutscenes. Um, and like you said, the animations were pretty cool. The first thing that I think both of us noticed, or one of the first was the facial expressions. Hmm. And especially for me, the way the mouths were moving, they were pretty impressive. Yeah. Really good. I liked how hammy and over the top it all was. Well, which mm. extended into the game itself as well. Like it's the sort of thing that it's a bit like a like a, a Jack Ryan or some sort of like airport mm. thriller type story. But I, I think it leaned into those tropes of those kind of novels and stories. I think it, it picked up on those really well. It felt like a Mission Impossible game. That's what it yeah. felt like to me. Well, it, that extended for me. That extended into actual controls. Like I felt like I was controlling. Like uh, what's he called? The Tom Cruise chap. Ethan Hawke's, that, I think. No, Ethan Hawke's that actor. Ethan, Ethan Hawke is an actor. I think Cody? Ethan Hawke's mm-hmm. is the... But I might, I'm might. i just going to check now so that we're okay. not wrong. I really cannot stand Tom Cruise, so I've not watched any of the Mission Impossible films. I've seen the first couple about 15 years ago. Maybe a little bit more. But, Ethan yeah, anyway. Mission Impossible. Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt, not Ethan mm, Hawke. I wasn't really close, was I? No. Well, Ethan Hawke, not Ethan Hunt, uh, or Mission Impossible. Mm. But yeah, your point, I felt like I was in a Mission Impossible type 
um, scenario just from the way the character moved. I thought he, he was very fluid and very fun to control. I really liked the the running, the constant running, but also the fact that you could then veer left and right. You could segue into strafing left and right while you're running as well. So it just, I, I felt quite liberated. I don't know if that's quite the right word, but I, I felt I felt, I felt good. It felt fun to, to control. You, and you felt very free that, in your movement. I think that's a fair I thing did. to say. And yeah. there was also a role which... I couldn't really figure out there was much purpose to it, but I really just liked doing it, like during different uh, fighting sequences, just actually rolling to then come out of a roll to spin around and then shoot at someone behind me. That was, yeah, was really fun. Yeah, I agree. I think that the animation again of uh, the main character running, it felt very fluid. Yes. And all of the all of the movement was very well implemented you kept sort of referring to tomb raider well in my head i got it that these two games were that siphon filter and tomb raider were contemporaries and clearly from the the time in the chronology they're not i think maybe i'm sort of in my head i've maybe conflated them because of them both being playstation stable mates and because they're both 3d actiony adventure games but this feels based on our experience we had with Tomb Raider earlier this year, this feels a lot easier to play than Tomb Raider. It felt like I was an adventurer or an an action hero, much more so than it did when I was playing as Lara Croft in Tomb Raider. Yeah, it's it's definitely more action-y than Tomb Raider. I think, actually, the movement goes a long way to to making it feel that way. Definitely. You are... You, you're still sort of moving, controlling in the same mode as Tomb Raider, but you don't have this stop-startness to it. It's not yeah. as clunky. And, you know, Tomb Raider set a template, and Siphon Filter is definitely building off that template, but is re- executing at a much higher level. Yeah. The I did find it, the actual level itself, while exploring the level and finding out what's while exploring the level was was really fun actually figuring out what to do was for me the big stumbling block because it was very stop start in in our experience of playing it because there were things that were so there was one point you came to a switch that was in complete darkness and you had to equip a flashlight to a a torch to, to see it okay that's fine but the torch is then tucked away to actually equip it. You, you have to go into a menu by, by the pause menu and then go to torch and there's no shortcut to actually equip the torch. Things like that, actually figuring that out, it contributed towards us getting to this kind of um, gameplay mode of doing something, really enjoying doing it. Okay, now I've hit a brick wall to figure out what I need to do next. Okay, now I've figured it out. Now I'm going for a bit where I'm really enjoying it, really enjoying it. Okay, now I've stopped to try and figure out what to do next. And that stop-start gameplay was, for me, a big barrier to my enjoyment. I think if I'd, yeah. now, that, now that I'd know what to do, I think I could go through the first level again. And now I'd know, right, I need to go here and do this. I need to press this switch. Now I need to go to this building and, and climb over this box to get through this window to do this thing here. I think I'd be able to get through. And actually, that would be a lot more fun because I know what to do. The, the map itself on the pause menu as well went some way towards making that clear bit through like dots and um coronas all that sort of stuff that games often do but i should have that information be made more readily available in the actual game itself i feel i don't know how they should do it i don't think it's terrible to have a map with some markers on i'm not saying it's terrible i just i feel that it was obfuscated within the actual game itself that i and i 
by the fact I had to then keep having to pause, open the, the map, right? That's what I need to be, where I need to be heading for, go mm. back into the game. Like it, it didn't, it wasn't clear enough within the actual gameplay itself. Yeah. So it would presumably therefore be solved by a mini map. Yes, potentially. I think that there was a point actually where I didn't know exactly where I needed to be. And it was before we'd cottoned on to the fact that the mini map, uh, the map in this pause menu was marked up with um, objective markers. And I crossed the whole map. I, I went across the whole level. Like I went from one end of it to the other, trying to figure out where I was supposed to be. Once we realized that there were objective markers, um, it was more, it was easy to follow, but there was mm-hmm. a stop startness in terms of having to get in, into the map. Um, it could have done more to flag them up even, I yeah. think like just know, just to know that that is an objective marker. They could, they could have, they had other things labeled on the map. They could have marked they could have labelled the objective. Um, that would have been an ov- obvious, easy fix. Um, they they did also, like, they... The way that they built their puzzles, if you like, like, there were some moments where you went down into certain places and there were dark, dark areas, and um, there, were, there were switches that were hidden in the dark. I thought that was quite a poor choice, to be honest, um, and they did it at least twice Mm -hmm. and possibly more times that also flagged up a problem that we had where you can cycle if you press select you can cycle through your weapons and um the weapons cycle round uh in a in a circle so you start with the pistol and then you end up back at the pistol it's like pistol shotgun sniper rifle staples what doesn't come up when you're cycling through by pressing select is your um your flashlight that you need to be able to see these switches in the dark. Like you could cycle all the way through that as forever and never see that you've got a flashlight. The only way to see that you've got a flashlight is to pause and go into the list of weapons on the pause menu or to hold down um, select. And then as part of this list of um, of weapons, your flashlight appears. So I'll just say it, it right, it was, I don't figure that's it was quite easy to It was quite easy to miss it for, for some time. I think it's also strange that the, the the torch appeared as a an option in the weapons menu within the pause menu, but then as you said, it doesn't appear within the game itself. But also, is a torch a weapon? Yeah, it's not, is it? Unless you bludgeon someone with it, but that wasn't an option in the game. No, no. Did you use the, the taser? That was um with this, this being like this kind of spy game. There was a taser that you had from the start of the game as well, which um I enjoyed firing just willy nilly. I didn't actually use it to attack enemies. Did you have a any goes with that at all the taser yeah i kind of shot it at some people i'm not really sure what the point is unless it's maybe like a a fallback weapon for when you run out of bullets completely but it wasn't very effective it Uh, didn't really do very much i certainly didn't take anyone out with it apparently you should go through the game a lot more that it opens up in the kind of james bond type way i guess you get more gadgets that do more weird and wonderful things but um yeah Mm, cool okay so so that's uh that's us having discussed the game then. I mean, I I quite enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. And uh, I feel, as I said, that uh, my 50 minutes with it back in 2001 was maybe... Uh, I should maybe give it more time, but there you go. I distinctly remember the bit we got to in the subway where there was a gate that we had to then go back up to the surface and figure out where to go. Then I remember that scene. So I think I maybe got to that point and then couldn't figure out that puzzle and just gave up. I was, I was also probably quite full of drifters at that point as well. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, feeling feeling the sugar, sugar. What's it called when you crash? The sugar crash. The crash with sugar. Yeah, sugar crash. So Siphon Filter then led to, or did this game Siphon Filter led to a bit of a series developing. There was Siphon Filter two in two thousand and Siphon Filter three in two thousand and one. So that's three mm. games over a three year period, which I think we talked about with Crash Bandicoot as well as a bit of a churning them out, and that that definitely happened here as well. There was then Siphon Filter The Omega Strain in 2004 on the PlayStation 2, Siphon Filter Dark Mirror in 2006 for the PSP, Siphon Filter Logan's Shadow in 2007 also for the PSP, which was then also ported, that particular one, Logan's Shadow, was ported to the PlayStation 2 in 2010. The reviews for all of those games, that that game, Logan Shadow, is the last one because the game ends, spoiler alert, the game ends with Logan, the main character you've played as, the Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt type character. He dies at the end of that one. Whoa! I know, right? Uh, The reviews for them, Cypher Filter 2 was quite positive, as the reviews were for the one we've played today, the first one. After that, it started slipping down to middling, mediocre type reviews. So... That coupled with the main character dying is why I suppose there were no subsequent games. Although there was one called Siphon Filter Combat Ops, which came out in 2007 on the PlayStation Network only. And it's a multiplayer game in which you can design, create and share missions that you create with other players, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Yeah. And as I said at the start of the episode, this title was added to PlayStation Plus last year, 2022 adding in trophies as well if you wanted to buy it separately it is available on playstation for eight pounds but that is the only page you can't can't buy it on any any of the consoles it's still a playstation exclusive um i mentioned in the first half as well john garvin who was the art director and is credited as being as uh, rescuing the project um he left idetic um in 2022 in december 2020 sorry i'll start again he left Idetic in December 2020 after their then latest release, Days Gone, getting quite middling reviews because he blamed it on woke reviewers who couldn't handle, this, this is a quote mm. from his Twitter feed, who couldn't handle uh, playing as a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. That was the, right. the thing he attributed to the game not doing very well. He okay. was then let go by the company after that tweet and he claimed he was fired for his quote disruptive personality so idetic then became ben studio bend studios now have nothing to do with him ben studios are currently working on a new open world ip that again has nothing to do with siphon filter so um yeah just wanted to slip that story in before we finished cool what a way to end what a way to end woke reviewers eh (sighs) Yeah, who'd have him? <laughs> who'd have him? Yeah, and there we go. That's Siphon Filter. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. If so, come let us know on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And like, share, subscribe, rate, and review as well, please. Yeah, that would be good. Thank you ever so much for sticking to the end. And we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.